This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast with yours truly exclusively on Russo'sBrand.com with Channel Attitude. All right, everyone, today we have a, another fun special episode. I say that every week, but every week I mean it because I love what I do and I love hearing from you. So we are going to have a brand new Hollywood news update this week. We're also going to have your summer calendar update this week for all the summer movie fun that you can possibly imagine, as well as a brand new world news update and, of course, some motivation to carry you through your week. What else could you possibly expect from the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast as part of the brand family? I absolutely love it. Highly recommend it to you not just because I'm a part of it, but also because I genuinely do not think there's a better podcasting deal for you out there. For less than a large cup of coffee, you legit get 20 plus different podcasts ranging from a variety of topics, from myself with pop culture and world news to different sort of views. You've got wrestling reviews, wrestling hot topics, other updates, and so much more from so many different kinds of people from all different walks of life with all kinds of different perspectives and accolades both in and out of the professional wrestling industry. I don't think you're going to get a better deal anywhere else, but that's just me. Um, so without any further ado, let's dive right on into this week's episode. I do want to give a shout out to Skillet. Um, this shirt, it, it's so funny. It's so iconic for me personally, because at OVW pretty much every single weekend, I was wearing this shirt to training for Rip Rogers. And then even after I got signed to Impact, uh, when we started training with Al Snow. So yeah, this is like my <laughs> My iconic, oh, it's wrestling training day Taylor outfit. Um, I love it. Bringing it back because as you guys may or may not know, I am making my return to the ring on with Lucha Patron January, uh, June 17th. You can tell I'm like so excited because I'm like, ah. Um, I am super excited. I am wrestling the incomparable Wonder Woman of professional wrestling herself, Santana Garrett, who is also making her long-awaited and highly anticipated return to professional wrestling. We're both making our returns against each other on the same show, live in Santa Rosa, California for Lucha Patron. Do not miss it. June 17th, mark it on your calendars, and you can go to luchapatron.com slash tickets. Tickets are going so fast. The the buzz surrounding the show has been absolutely amazing. You've got former WWE talent. You've got former Lucha Underground talent, AAA, CMLL, uh, you know, it just it, uh, New Japan and so much more all on this show with up and coming, amazingly talented uh, California talents. It is the biggest clash that this this company has probably ever had. Myself, Santana Garrett, Kalisto, uh, Supermex Hernandez. Uh, you've got Ricky Mandel. You've got a Extreme Tiger, uh, Big Fawns, and uh, just just a huge like uh, Felino Junior. Like just this crowd, it's gonna be so amazing. This card is stacked. The crowd is is top notch. You will not find another crowd like it. Highly suggest you check them out on YouTube if you cannot be there in person. Uh, but I really hope I get to see you there. I know I, I think I can speak for Santana Garrett as well. I I think we both hope that you guys will be there. This is a huge deal for us. Super excited. Um, now we're going to head into a brand new Hollywood news update. So if you are into all things pop culture, Hollywood, what's going on with your favorite shows, uh, TV, all the haps, this is for you. Here we go. Um, I am first off going to say apologize for all the haps. I do not why, I do not know why I thought that was good to say like, mm, honey, no. <laughs> so erase that from your minds. Just, just poof, gone. 
Uh, Beetlejuice 2, I told you guys I would give you guys the, the most up-to-date information I possibly could on this project because as you guys may or may not know, I am a huge, huge Ultimate Tim Burton fan, Winona Ryder fan, and, and Beetlejuice. I myself am strange and unusual. I'm probably like the daughter of or a sister from another mister of Winona Ryder. She is my spirit godmother. <laughs> I am super excited. Last week we talked about how, much to my chagrin, they, there, there was no confirmation as of yet that Winona Ryder would be officially involved with the project. Well, I am happy to say that she was officially spotted on the set of Beetlejuice 2, which is already in production, uh, with Warner Brothers and Tim Burton. She is spotted on set, so I'm super excited. That means she is a part of the project. She will be reprising her role as Lydia Dietz. Her daughter will be played by Jenna Ortega. We also have the return of the awesomeness of Michael Keaton for Beetlejuice. Um, as well as Miss O'Hara. And joining the cast is none other than Willem Dafoe. I am very curious to see what role he is going to have in this film. Uh, the film is slated to come out September 6th of 2024, so mark that on your calendars. Do not forget, I am so excited now that she is officially part of the project. Yay! Okay, moving right along. Um, also mark your calendars. We are going to be talking a lot about Disney Plus on this episode because as you guys may or may not remember, last week we talked about them losing like over 4 million plus subscribers. Um, they're doing like cutting content, merging with Hulu and making less original programming to try to combat and compensate for the loss of revenue from over 4 million people leaving the platform. Um, some questionable choices, I would say, and this is not to not only have they lost four million, but we also discussed this on the brand live with Vincent Taylor on his YouTube channel. Go over to his live stream videos. It's one of the main topics of one of the last few episodes that we had done, where we talked about them losing in a whole quarter uh, over two million. So we broke that down for you guys to great detail. Um, but now it's over four million plus, so it's more than doubled since we did that episode. Um, so now let's break down all the stuff that is now happening with Disney Plus and Hulu as a result. I feel like they're starting to go the way of all the Netflix mistakes, the Marvel mistakes prior to the Disney Studios merger, as well as the Warner Brothers and Discovery merger, which was so costly and resulted in a lot of DC Comics content being cut, including Batgirl and so many others. Um, so now Loki and Echo are going to uh, issue in a change in the era of the Disney Plus app. What do I mean by that? Very, very simple. They, it looks like they are actually starting to take on... Um, um, the Netflix sort of um, platform in the sense of how they distribute their streaming shows with original content. Uh, Loki is going to be one of the first on the Disney Plus app and original content for Marvel that is going to go the Netflix route in releasing all of the episodes in the season. Um, and the same thing goes for Echo. These are going to be the first two to officially do that with Marvel Studios. Normally you have, you know, the one episode a week spiel. Well, now they're going to give it to you all at once. I think this is a money grab to try to be like, hey, here, here, please stay with us. Don't leave. Um, especially after we talked about last week how the season three of The Mandalorian, they were really, really banking on um, that recouping a lot of the lost revenue, but a lot of people were actually very dissatisfied with season three of The Mandalorian. So I think now we're starting to see them go here, here, please. Here's the carrot. Here's the carrot. We're dangling it right here. Please stay. Um, so Loki and Echo will be coming out with all of their episodes for their new seasons. Uh, Loki season two will officially hit the app on October 6th. So pay attention for that. 
All right. Now that I mentioned that the the uh, the CFO, the chief financial officer for Disney um, for Warner is uh, Christine McCarthy. Well, she talked about we talked about last week how the plan that they have come forth with is um, decreasing the amount of original programming, um, getting rid of some stuff on their app, as well as increasing the price of their ad, their actual streaming service and merging with Hulu for a more immersive experience. Well, here is officially some of the stuff that is already slated to be leaving Disney and Hulu. Um, there are already 40 projects announced that are going to be getting the X on the chopping block. So here we go. Um, I do have to say, though, I will say this, and if you can't agree, that's quite all right. I did not actually recognize a bunch of these, so maybe this might be a good thing. I don't know. Um, but I am kind of sad about a couple of these. So the first one on the chopping block is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Very sad about that. Um, Big Shot, Turner and Hooch. I actually really liked that show. I've been looking for, you know, the next season, but guess that's not going to happen. Uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society, Diary of a Future President, um, Just Beyond, Marvel's Project Hero, Why the Last Man, Pistol, Little Demon, um, the Cheaper by the Dozen remake that is also leaving, Marvel's M Power, Marvel's Voices Rising, the music of Wakanda Forever, Rosaline, um, the one and only Ivan, Stargirl, Encore, um, a Spark Story, Black Beauty, Clouds, The Making of Willow, Willow, uh, Clouds, and let's see here, Weird But True, Timmy Failure, Be Our Chef, Magic Camp, Howard, Earth to Ned, Foodtastic, Stuntman, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer, The Premise, Love in the Time of Corona, Everything's Trash, Best in Show, Best in Dough, <laughs> Maggie, Dollface and The Quest. I actually really liked Dollface, so I am kind of bummed about that. But those are some of the 40 projects that are already slated to be getting that. <laughs> um, more in the line of Hollywood news is New World Order, Captain America 4. Um, there are photos from the set of Captain America 4, New World Order, that gave us several things that we are going to anticipate for the new film coming out. First thing is uh, Sam Wilson has a new suit and this suit is apparently going to set the tone for not only the mission in the film but the overall vibe of the film itself. Uh, we also have the Serpent Society villains. I don't know why they're calling them that. Why can't we just call them Hydra? Like, I love Hydra! You know, that was like one of the bases for, you know, my Taylor Hendricks gimmick, you know, Madam Hydra. Like, that. I have yet to see somebody embody that role. I, I want that role. I want that role. Um, we're also going to get a first look at, um, I already mentioned his new suit. Um, we also know that uh, he becomes injured in this film. And we also know that we're going to get Liv Tyler at reprising her role as Betsy Ross, which I am really excited about because I love Liv Tyler. Um, we're also getting a funeral scene. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we're also getting a, uh, the return of Marvel's new Falcon. And we're also getting to see Harrison Ford revealed as President Ross. And then we're also getting the Hulk villain revealed all in the upcoming Captain America 4 New World Order. Um, Screen Rant on the other side of news, once again, going back to Disney. <laughs> um, Screen Rant listed six Disney princesses and their subsequent films that they felt should get a new Disney remake for live action after the success of Little Mermaid, much to many's chagrin. So I want to hear from you guys. What do you think about this list from Screen Rant? Um, they feel like Anna and Elsa in Frozen should get a live action remake. Um, also Raya and the Last Dragon. 
uh, Pocahontas, Merida from Brave, that would be interesting, um, Rapunzel from Tangled, and of course, Tiana from Princess and the Frog. When you hear people talk about representation um, in cinema and stuff, how come nobody brings up the Princess and the Frog? Like, did you guys forget that Tiana existed? I mean, Splash Mountain is literally getting revamped to be, like, Tiana's theme. That's awesome. I love The Princess and the Frog. I actually watched that a lot when I was on the road because I have it downloaded onto my phone at the time when I was still full-time in wrestling. I loved The Princess and the Frog. I thought it was so awesome. I don't think that they get enough credit for that film. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts. Are you kind of sick of the Disney remakes and a lot of the... Uh, the stuff that they're purposely doing to incite divide and so forth um or do you think that they should continue going with it and give us modern representations of live action versions of animated classics from disney i want to hear from you um on the kind of bummer side of news if you are a powerpuff girls fan you are not going to like this um the cw has officially scrapped um the live action powerpuff girls series um this comes along with several other projects that are getting the axe as they are also dealing with not only budget cuts but you know inflation the current economy and trying to keep their doors open and become profitable um one of the reasons for the project being scrapped they cited many years of development trouble um that seems kind of like an open-ended answer and kind of like a leaves you like uh, how long were you guys working on this you know like scratching your head like you know what was going on with this that made it so troublesome I want to know <laughs> uh, one of the things that we're going to do for rounding out some Hollywood news is John Wick uh, as you guys know myself and Vince Russo are huge John Wick fans and I am so excited to announce that the John Wick franchise has officially passed one billion dollars in the global box office this is huge it is one of the it's the john wick 4 is the single most successful film of the john wick franchise and because of its success in the box office to date it is now officially an over one billion dollar worth global franchise that is awesome huge congratulations to keanu reeves the awesome man himself as well as everybody involved in the john wick franchise that is a huge resume booster so huge congratulations now we're going to head into your summer movie calendar update. I am going to take you from June all the way through to September. So here we go. Mark your calendars for any movies that you are officially excited to see. And I also want to know which ones are your top favorites. I know I have several here that are going to be an absolute must for me to see. Coming in on June 2nd is the highly anticipated film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is going to be a really cool one. Also coming in on June 2nd is The Boogeyman. I do want to see that. I am not going to lie. I'm a huge horror fan. Um, on June 9th, we have Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, let me see here. Also on 6th, um, 6th, so June 6th, we have Elemental, which also happens to be the same day as the birthday of ODB. So that's kind of cool. On June 16th, we have The Flash, which is going to officially reset the DC universe. Also on June 16th, we're going to have Extraction 2. On June 23rd, we have Asteroid City and No Hard Feelings. On June 30th, we have Harold and the Purple Crayon. I have not seen any advertising about that, so let me know in the comments if you guys um, are excited to see that. Also on June 30th is the highly anticipated saga that ends Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. It is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Coming in on July 7th, we have Insidious the Red Door. I am so excited for that film. I really love the Insidious franchise. I love what they've done. Uh, super cool. 
um, competing with them on the same day. So July 7th is Joyride. Then on July 14th, we have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. On 721, we are having a massive showdown. We have got Barbie, They Clone Tyrone, and Oppenheimer all on July 21st. On July 28th, we have Haunted Mansion. Also on July 28th, we have Talk to Me and Sympathy for the Devil. Coming up on August 1st is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Also on 8-1, so August 1st, is the Meg 2 Trench. I, I really do want to see that. I, I like shark movies. August 11th, we have three films coming out. We've got The Last Voyage of Demeter. We've got Gran Turismo. And we've got Heart of Stone. Coming in on August 18th, we have Strays and Blue Beetle. I am so excited to see this. I really love the character of Blue Beetle. Super exciting. On August 28th, we've got Vacation Friends 2. This seems like it could be interesting, but Vacation Friends, the, the first one was super hilarious. Highly recommend it. And coming in uh, to start out September is The Equalizer 3. Mark your calendars and save ups because it is going to be a crazy summer. <laughs> now heading into some world news. Coming in for the world news again is Disney. Are you sensing a theme here? We're getting a lot of Disney Marvel news. Um, apparently, after only 18 months of operation, Disney is officially shutting down the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Um, the official closer closure will start on September 28th, will, but, but will officially close its doors for the very last time on September 30th. Uh, basically, it is the perfect opportunity at Walt Disney World to live out a two-night fantasy of yours to ever be in the galaxy far, far away for Star Wars. Um, it is a Disney Star Wars immersive experience uh, hotel, and it is officially shutting down as of September 30th. So save up, and if that is your thing, definitely get in before September 30th. After 13 years, uh, I have some questions about this because after all that the FBI could be doing in today's modern age, this is the crime that they decide to solve? Like, are we serious? Are we serious? But I digress. I will leave that up to your discretion to see if you come to the same conclusion I did. But here we go. If you are a Wizard of Oz fan, this is for you. After 13 years, the Ruby Slippers have officially found their way home. Um, in 2005, a pair of Judy Garland's ruby slippers she wore in a majority of the production of The Wizard of Oz were stolen from a museum in Minnesota. They were on display in the museum. They were on loan from another location, and somebody climbed up, broke the display, and stole the ruby slippers. Um, the ruby slippers are only one of four pairs that remain, um, and they are estimated at roughly $3.5 million worth of value. Um, that's really crazy to think, um, you know, how many pairs she probably wore through production, um, and there are only four remaining pairs. Um, so yeah, I can see why they could be worth that much money. Um, a man living just 12 miles away from the museum was apprehended um, after an FBI sting, and he was charged with theft. Um, Terry Martin, a Minnesotan, was indicted and um, found, uh, they, they indicted him with one count of theft of a major artwork. Um, a summons has officially resulted and they uh, they caught him in, the, the sting started in, the investigation started roughly 2015. The sting officially came to a close in 2018 and he is officially receiving his summons now as of June 1st of this year. He will have to report to court for a video interview um, to, you know, appeal for the charges he has been uh, charged with. Uh, so that is, 
I have questions. Like, all the stuff that's going on right now, but the ruby slippers. I mean, I love Judy Garland. I love the Wizard of Oz. I'm all about preserving artwork. I mean, one of the slippers is at the Smithsonian. Uh, you know, the Academy has a pair. A private collector has a pair. So yeah, that's a big deal because that's the fourth pair, the last of the remaining pairs. But when you think about all the stuff that's going on in the United States right now, it's like, I digress, whatever. Um, ben Francis is officially Britain's youngest billionaire. He, um, at the age of 19, when he was a college student, he began sewing his own workout clothes. Um, in his parents' basement, he, uh, he was uh, sewing workout gear in between going to school and uh, working as a, uh, a delivery, uh, pizza delivery driver in roughly 2012. Today, he is one of the world's youngest billionaires and a credit to Britain. Um, he is, uh, you know, a, just a perfect classic example of somebody that has no limiting beliefs, full of self-belief, determination, and had a dream, made it happen, and utilized the good side of social media. Uh, what a recipe for success that is as one of the youngest billionaires to date. Um, in case you, you know, in case you are wondering, like, why does this guy sound familiar? Well, you've probably run across his products. He is the owner of Gymshark which he started in his parents' basement. So huge, awesome congratulations. What a great story that we can all learn from. And I think it's a really fun, positive side to world news. Um, on the other side of world news, we've got something coming out of France. Now, this is very interesting. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. So I think that there's a lot of good and some interesting and kind of cringe stuff about what I'm about to talk about. The reason why I find it cringe is because as a libertarian, I am very much uh, limited government, I guess is what I would say. So whenever I hear, you know, buzzwords like regulation and things like that, I go, hmm, hmm. But I do think there is something really good out of what France is actually trying to do because a lot of people have been scammed. They've been duped. And uh, I mean, you know, eight out of 10 young girls are, you know, depressed in today's modern, most wealthiest, full of opportunity society. So yeah, something does need to be done. And if you consider the most recent, you know, NFT scandals and, uh, you know, people endorsing certain stocks and things like that, that they had no business doing and getting scammed out of money and their followers getting scammed. So this might actually be a good thing. But I do reserve some judgment when I hear buzzwords like regulation. So here we go. <clears throat> France recently finalized a law to regulate influencers. So here's what I'm talking about. Okay, this is where I think it'll be mostly good. Um, so anywhere from labels on filtered images to bans on promoting cosmetic surgery. Um, France aims to regulate commercial activities of influencers to protect consumers from possible fraud and or scams. So yeah, I mean, when you consider, you know, people selling, you know, diet stuff, but really all their stuff is photoshopped and, you know, or, you know, oh, look natural like me, but really it's full of like Botox or it's AI, you know, Photoshop and things like that. So this is where I think it's going. So this is what I do think is good because I can't tell you how many times people have, you know, promoted a product that they don't even believe in or use, but it makes them money and then you're wasting your money and so forth and so on. Um, so apparently it's already been approved by the National Assembly and the Senate in France. Uh, they'll prohibit promoting cosmetic surgery and subscriptions to sports betting apps. Um, it'll also force influencers to state if their images have been retouched or photoshopped or, or if their face and body have been created with the use of AI. Um, this ruling uh, is going into effect either now or about to. And there are two things that can happen to you 
from this if you try to break the rules. So breaking the new ruling could result in possibly two years of prison or a $300,000 euro fine or $320,000 in the US dollar. Um, and you can also be banned from advertising those such activities on social media. So this could be, this is an attempt to, I think, hold influencers and companies accountable for their actions. Um, and it also provides, you know, cause and effect, which I think is the result of accountability, which is sorely lacking in today's society. I want to hear from you, though. What do you think about this going on in France right now? Um, I think this is going to mess up a lot of famous uh, scammers in the United States who advertise all over the world. But I want to hear from you. What do you think? All right. The UK now boasts the first ever baby born with three people's DNA. Now, when I first read that headline, I wasn't quite sure if this was a brag or not. I was like, hmm, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, are we, are we trying to tempt fate? Are we trying to play God? Like, is Morgan Freeman wearing a white suit and, you know, doing like a, you know, a voiceover to this right now? Like, what is, what is going on? Are we, are we officially in the twilight zone? Are we at the point of no return, right? These are some of the questions going through my mind. But then when I started to read it, I was like, oh, oh, okay. There actually is like a fundamental humanitarian philanthropic kind of vibe to this but I will also let you come up with your own opinion here there is no thought police here <laughs> so the first ever baby born with three people's DNA is is officially happening uh, the in the UK the baby was recently born using the DNA of three people the purpose was to prevent a child from being born with severe mitochondrial uh uh, damage that results in diseases that can be very harmful to the child. So the parents of the baby provided about 99.9% of the DNA and only 0.1% of the DNA belongs to a third person. It belonged to another woman to um, kind of completely X out the possibility of any mitochondrial damage in the, uh, the, the mother's DNA from causing potentially harmful uh, disease to the child. So you can see why I was thinking there was a very philanthropic um, humanitarian aspect to this science. But I'm starting to wonder where this could become a slippery slope. We're seeing a lot of slippery slopes happen right now, today. So I'm wondering what the potential for this in the future would look like and where that slippery slope starts to happen. But this is technically a good thing because we can, you know, eradicate a lot of damaging things that happens to children's DNA even before they are even born. So I think this would be very interesting to see where this officially goes and hopefully we don't end up with an like, you know, like hybrid AI babies, you know, I don't know, like Megan 5.0 running around. I don't know. Um, let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, you can definitely see how the, um, how would I say that? The title originally sounds a lot more devious than, than it actually is. Like the UK boasts the first ever baby born with three people's DNA. That makes you sound, what kind of Godzilla monster are they talking about? <laughs> break it down it actually sounds like a really good thing my only concern would be where is that slippery slope and where do we start to slide down now we are going to head into some motivation 
the bread and butter of this podcast, as I usually like to say. Um, as you guys know, I am a huge believer that consistency will take you places that motivation cannot. I try to say that at least once every single week, whether it's on my YouTube channel, on Cameo, or in this podcast, because I truly do believe that, and I live my life by that. Um, there are so many different things that contribute to success all over the world. A lot of the most successful people, and no matter what branch of success they have, whether it's business, whether it's technology, whether it's sports, whatever, uh, you know, medical or law or, you know, whatever the case may be in their success, even though they're in so many different industries from so many different walks of life, um, they actually all have certain aspects in common. And that's where I say a lot of the times that there are breadcrumbs to any sort of success that you personally want to achieve. It just matters how motivated you are, how consistent you are, and how hungry you are to go out and search for those breadcrumbs and eat it up <laughs> and embody it. Like, I, like I've said in previous weeks, whether or not you want to be a dentist with bad teeth, you know, I personally want to live what I preach and be about it. So I am definitely not a dentist with bad teeth. And so that's why I'm always telling you guys, consistency will take you places that motivation cannot. You only learn about 20% of what you need to be successful in school. The other 80% is out there in the world for you to go and find. And a lot of the most wealthy and most successful people, they didn't learn how to be that in school. They learned how to be that from other successful people. They learned how to make the system work for them because they understood that the world is not fair and you cannot guarantee fairness. Um, and so today I want to talk about their two specific rules for success. There are many other rules, but I want to talk about these two specific rules that pretty much um, are involved in any sort of success you could possibly imagine for yourself or for your children or for your family. Okay. Rule number one, never give out all of the information. Rule number two, refer back to rule number one. <laughs> that may sound weird, but it is so true. Last week we talked about who shook the jar. Who shook the jar? How did you end up in the jar and who escalated the situa situation? We talked about taking accountability and understanding that not everyone riding with you is for you. You got to play things close to the chest, okay? If you want to do something that other people have not, then you have to be willing to do what they are not willing to do and learn what they are not willing to do. And then you got to find a different circle. Okay, um, that's a part of providing generational wealth and prosperity to the future of your DNA, the future of your bloodline, the future of your family, as well as for yourself and the little kid that you used to be. Okay, in order to break generational trauma and generational curses, we have to learn how to heal, but we also have to take accountability for the, the role we each played in our own suffering. And accountability is a lot of the times what's missing in our modern society. And one of the ways that we can hold ourselves accountable, but also break generational curses and generational trauma, so we can pass down generational wealth, wisdom, health, success, and prosperity, is by never giving out all of the information. And here's why. Privacy is power, okay? The less you share, the less people can ruin your business and have their nose all up in your business, okay? It's because what they don't know, they can't attack. They can't destroy because they don't even know what's happening, okay? 
once you start living your life with privacy and keeping certain information to yourself, you end up not, you slowly over time, you stop caring about other people's opinions about your life because you no longer need other people's external validation to validate you. And you'll end up through that, you'll weed out people that were never really with you to begin with. They were just riding, riding that wave with you. And by weeding out these people and finding a really good circle for yourself, you end up attracting peace into your life. You end up getting rid of, you know, toxic energy and toxic drama. You aren't about that anymore. You don't have time for that anymore because you got a new circle and you're keeping things private. There's a difference between secrecy and privacy. Privacy, the right people know secrecy nobody knows because it's a dirty little secret big difference okay when you make moves in private it's 10 times easier to walk that path alone as opposed to walking that path with all kinds of baggage of limiting beliefs and expectations of other people who are trying to tear you down to their level because they they have no interest in building themselves up to your level. So it's so much easier to walk that path alone, that path to your goals, to your success, to your generational wealth and prosperity, to your goal of being the adult you needed as a child. Privacy, it hits different when you're going after those goals, okay? It just hits different. It teaches you this innate sense of independence so that you don't need that external validation that you see so many other people addicted to with social media and in person and so forth. Privacy teaches you a sense of control and consistency um, that a lot of other people lack and that's the reason why they need that external validation. When you build in silence, in, in a sense, privately, you won't, people won't know what to attack, so they can't tear it down. They can't start, you know, creating flaws in your foundation, okay? People want to know more about you when you talk less about yourself. It makes you more interesting, you know? And no one will ever, you know, you don't, when you start building in private, you'll, you'll end up not owing anybody an explanation for your life or your personal life choices because you're too busy building and, and you have no time to care about other people's critiques about what you're doing. And this is one of the best ways that you can get to where you want to go, no matter what direction you are going in as far as your success, health, and happiness are concerned. You know, there there is one person that deserves your absolute best. You're 200 plus percent. And that's the little kid that you used to be that's looking up to the adult that you are right now. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to go back to the two rules of the two main rules of success. Number one, never get out all, give out all of the information. Number two, refer back to rule number one. Okay. If everyone is your friend, then nothing for you is private. And then, then you're a true friend of no one. And if everyone is your friend, then you have no true friends, okay? Think about that, think about that. If you want to achieve what no one else in your circle has, what makes you think that your circle wants to see you achieve that? They don't, they're not gonna tell you that, but they don't. And that's why keeping things private, not secret, private, not telling everybody all of the information, leaves people wondering, just like we talked about last week. There's a lot of people that aren't checking in on you to see how you're doing. They're checking in on you to see what you're doing. But if they, they have no idea what you're doing because you're making your moves in silence, they have no idea 
what they can destroy. They have no idea what to say. They have no idea how to attack you or what you're doing because they have no idea what you're doing because you did not give out all of the information, okay? If you want to do something that everybody around you has not done, then remember to two weeks ago when we said some people have a vested interest in your silence. But what does that mean today? The vested interest that they have in your silence is only about bad things. If you're busy building something good, then your silence means more than their vested interest in your bad silence, okay? You have to be willing to learn and do what they are not willing to learn and do. And by doing so, you are going to go places that they will never go. And as long as you keep that close to your heart, instead of all over social media and all kinds of gossip to your friends, then they can't destroy that and you will achieve what they cannot. It's not your business to succeed for other people. It's your, it's your business to succeed for yourself, for your family, and your future family. And most importantly, to be the adult you needed as a child. What you guys are trying to do, I'm so proud of you. And remember, it's not easy. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, how many ants did we put in that jar? <laughs> we put 200 ants in that jar and not a single one asked who shook the jar last week. So why would you trust your, your life's value, your life's goals, and your life's work to the people that couldn't even be bothered to ask who shook the jar? Why would you trust such personal goals and information uh, to people that don't have your best interest at heart? The answer is, if you want what you truly say you want, then you wouldn't. And most of the most successful people that you know wouldn't either. So take a note from some of the most successful people in the world and follow two rules for success. Now there's many other rules, believe me, and they are all important, but two rules that are almost above all others when it comes to success, health, and happiness is one, never tell all of the information. Number two, refer back to number one. All right, everyone, this has been the latest episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast with yours truly exclusively on Russo'sBrand.com with Channel Attitude. Coming to you live with full episodes every single Tuesday as part of the brand family, and I'll see you next week. Talk soon.